Welcome to Scaling Up, special pinks and blues editions. Well, folks, I don't think it's a special edition anymore. This is a regular thing that we do. We are coming at you each and every week with a brand new Scaling Up H2O episode. So here I am, Trace Blackmore, your host for Scaling Up H2O, and we are going to answer your questions on this very close to the end of the year episode. Folks, can you believe it's December 21st? A lot of us are getting ready to celebrate the Christmas holiday. And of course, this is the time of year when we look back and reflect about all of the things that we did or maybe we didn't do. So we can use that to propel us forward for the next year. Well, folks, that's what I'm going to do for you from me on next week's episode. I'm going to do a recap of what we've done this year and talk about some things that I've done to motivate myself to hopefully motivate you to make yourself better, which in turn will make the water treatment industry better. I know you all can say this with me. Make the industry better because you are in it. So what are the things that we can do so we're all lifting that industry up? Well, today we are going to answer questions straight from the audience. I love it when I get questions from the audience. You guys know that's how I'm able to do a show like Pinks and Blues. So thank you for those that have written in or sent me a voicemail. I love Love it and allows me to do a show like this. So let's get right down to it. We're going to talk about the fact that it is the end of the year and everybody who is in the industrial water treatment industry should be certified. Now, if you do not treat cooling towers, boilers, and closed loops, and you have other equipment that you serve in the water treatment industry, I urge you to go out and find what certification best suits you so all your customers and everybody you come in contact with know that you are serious about being in the water treatment industry. But because I can speak about the certified water technologist designation, and of course, December is the month where I do my challenge, the CWT challenge, we're going to answer questions and talk about the CWT. So we learned a couple of things this year about the CWT. One, the Association of Water Technologies is no longer offering the examination. There you go, Angela Pike. I said examination. I'm getting pretty good at saying that word. So many people have caught me as I've talked to them. Thank you again, Angela, for that. But you can no longer take the examination after AWT's training courses. You used to be able to stay after on Sunday and then take the examination. People just didn't do well in that format. Their brains were exhausted. They were sleeping in a weird place. They wanted to get back home. And not to mention all of the information that they had just been flooded with, with the technical training. There's no wonder people did not do well. So I think it is a good thing. You should think it is a good thing that you have to take it now from a Pearson View Testing Center. 
People that have done that have historically done better, and there are certain things that you can do at the Pearson View Center that you couldn't do on a paper exam that just gave you a better chance. And of course, that is, we were talking with Chandler about it last week, where you can mark your answers and go back. You simply couldn't do that on the paper exam. So folks, don't look at this as an, oh no, I should have taken it, now it's gotten worse, or I missed my chance to take it after the AW technical training. This is a good thing. This will give you better odds. And folks, here's the good thing too. You don't have to wait. As soon as you hit the button saying you are finished, folks, you are finished and you will know if you pass that examination right then and there. Many of you have asked for tips for taking the CWT. So I have put together some tips for you. They are totally free. You just have to fill out some information on our Scaling Up H2O website. To get that, go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash CWT. And now I'm going to answer a couple of questions. And I know I've talked about this before, but I'm still getting questions about it. What should I do to go about taking the examination? So here's an action list that you can do. The most important thing for you to do is decide that you are going to take it. Many of you are on the fence. Many of you are thinking, if only this, then I can do that. Push all that away and just say, hey, I am doing this. That is the most important thing that you can do if you're taking the CWT exam or you're taking the LEAD GA exam or you're taking another examination that fits your part of the water industry. You have to decide that you want to take it. The next thing that you need to do on this action list is set a date. When is the date that I am able to take it and put that on your calendar? Now, strategically, you should probably look at things like when are some trainings offered that isn't going to teach me the examination, but it will reinforce the knowledge that I've spent the last couple of months or last couple of years learning to give me a little extra confidence when I go to take that examination. Go ahead, look those things up, and then put that date on your calendar. And I want you to tell as many people as possible that you have made this decision and this is the date that you are going to take this examination. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to go on awt.org forward slash certification and I want you to schedule and pay for that examination. Yes, folks, even if it is years out into the future. Now, I think you can do it years out in the future. I'm not sure how long the calendar goes, but if you can do this, this will hold you accountable to yourself because now you have money in the game and you have an appointment set at the testing center and you have a solid date to work towards. I can't tell you what this will do to your mentality. It will completely change it and it will help you pass this examination because it's going to make you study. Also, I want you to then create a plan Working backwards from that date, what do you have to do this week, next week, the other week? And if you can, maybe divide them up into quarters. So these first 12 weeks, I'm going to do this. And then evaluate how those 12 weeks went. And then do your next 12 weeks. So come up with a master plan and then divide it up into specific time frames. I like to do quarters. 
and try to hit those goals. So each and every week, I might study this material and I'm gonna take this test and that's gonna be how I confirm that I am learning what I'm supposed to be learning. Or maybe I'm working with a mentor. And folks, if you do not have a mentor in the water treatment industry, I know I am saying this over and over again, but it is so important to have somebody that you can talk to to ask questions, but to also hold you accountable that you're gonna do things like get your certification. This is somebody that you can ask questions to. This is somebody who can ask questions to you to make sure that you're learning the knowledge that you need to in the amount of time that you want to get that examination done. So please take advantage of that. As I said last week, if you don't have a mentor, it's because you just haven't met them yet or you haven't asked, but you have to do the heavy lifting on this. Get out there and find somebody that is going to force you to become a better water treater by holding you accountable and somebody you can ask all these questions to. Folks, as you're making this plan, think about what are all the resources that you have available to yourself, and then do you have those resources? Now, maybe you're thinking, Trace, I have no idea what resources are available. So, of course, everybody is talking about the technical reference and training manual that the Association of Water Technologies puts out. I've got a link to that right on my show notes page for this episode. So if you don't have a copy of that, go to my show notes page and it will send you where you need to go to get that. Folks, this is not a page turner. It is a technical reference and training manual. And folks, you have to set time to study it and it will not read itself. So I just want to say it's a little bit dry because it's technical information. Don't read it cover to cover. Break up the table of contents into different items, and you can work with your mentor to help you do this, and read certain sections, and then make sure you understand those sections. I got to tell you, I've talked with many people that have gone cover to cover, and it is very frustrating for them because it's just a lot of information. Some of the best advice I have heard on how to read the TRTM was from Chandler Mancuso last week when he said he wants to read so he can understand first and then he goes back to memorize. So are you understanding what you're reading? You're not going to get any points for reading this manual, so why not read it so you understand it? And that might take you a lot of time, and you're probably going to be doing that in pieces as I recommend. Then, as you understand it, go back and start to memorize the things that you need to memorize because that's how a standardized test works. If you do that and you have a plan to do that, you are going to do very well on this examination. The next thing I want you to do on this plan is figure out how you're going to reward yourself when you pass this examination. Folks, this is huge for your brain to be able to see the finish line. And don't make it really small, make it huge. Take your family on a vacation, figure out what you can do that when you pass this, you get to celebrate. 
That way, that's going to be an added focus to what you're working towards, and it's not all going to be about work. It's not all going to be about the examination. It's going to be about the celebration, too. So I hope if you put all of those things together, that will help you not only take the CWT examination, but it will help you pass the CWT examination. Folks, when you go to register for the Pearson View, and again, I don't know how far you can go out on that calendar, but I will tell you, when you get ready to take that test, there is a tutorial that they offer. Go ahead about a week before you take the examination, log on and take the tutorial. It tells you how to use a mouse, and I'm pretty sure everybody in the Scaling Up Nation knows how to use a mouse. How else would you have even registered on the computer? But it's going to go through, it's going to tell you that, and it's going to tell you the different items that you can click on and how to navigate through the examination. Now, this is not revolutionary. I didn't really learn anything, but you did because now you're becoming more familiar with the process. And when you walk in there, you're already going to know how things look what to expect, and that is going to do wonders to try to calm yourself down just a little bit so you can be properly prepared to start taking that examination. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but I promise you that that will help. Well, our next question comes from super fan of show, great contributor to the show, James McDonald. Hello, Trace. James McDonald here. I have a question for the Scaling Up Nation. What is the difference between free chlorine, combined chlorine, and total chlorine, and when would you use each of them? Thank you. James, thank you for your question. I got to tell you, I feel like I've answered this question before, but you have listened to every episode and you would know and you wouldn't ask this if I've answered it before. So here it is. There's a lot of talk between free chlorine, total chlorine, combined chlorine, especially with testing for Legionella. So I'm going to tell you what these things are, but then I want you to find out what your municipality expects you to do if you are running a due diligent Legionella prevention program. Now, if you're in New York, you've got very specific guidelines. If you're in the UK, you've got very specific guidelines. Pretty much if you're anywhere besides the United States, with the exception of New York, you have got guidelines for this. So make sure that you follow those. So if we look at chlorine, when we put chlorine in water, we're going to get different forms of it. And I'm speaking very basically here, and I'm trying not to get deep into chemistry so I don't make anybody fall asleep and wreck their cars as they're driving. So let's talk about free chlorine. Free chlorine, the very basic way that I can think about free chlorine is it hasn't reacted with anything yet. It is available to go and kill whatever it comes in contact with. So it is free to go and kill or sanitize in the system. The next term was combined chlorine. Now combined chlorine is when free chlorine goes to attack an organic and it's now combined with that organic. Now if you put both of those together, the free chlorine and the combined chlorine, you're going to get total chlorine. So how do you test for these things? 
Well, there are several test methods that exist, but I think the most popular one that we use is the DPD method. And the DPD method is going to normally give you a red color, and then you will read that off in a comparator wheel or maybe a spectrophotometer, and you would get a result of free chlorine. There is a similar test for total chlorine, and again, that's testing the combined chlorine and the free chlorine, and you would run that according to your directions, but there's no test for combined chlorine. So you'd very simply take a total reading, take a free reading, and then subtract the free from the total. That will give you combined. Outside of the pool industry, though, I can't think of any reason that you would do that. So hopefully that helps with testing. And now, as far as James's question, when would you use one over the other? Well, folks, if you've got a program that you're running and a municipality is watching over it, you're going to run the one that they tell you to run. A lot of people think, though, that free is the only way to go, and the combined chlorine just doesn't have any killing effect anymore because it's combined with an organic. Folks, that's not true. What I have found in working especially in cooling towers that when we compare cooling towers to, let's say, a clean in-place system. So let's say we're in a food processing facility and they need to clean up their work surfaces. They need to do that extremely quickly and they do that with a clean in-place system and they normally sterilize that with a bunch of free chlorine. And they have to hold so much free chlorine for so long to ensure that they get proper sterilization. Well, folks, that's not a cooling tower. A cooling tower, we get recirculation and we get several bites of that chlorine apple, if you will. It's just not on a surface like in that food plant for a couple of seconds and then it goes away. It's going to hang around in that system. Now, the free chlorine will immediately start attacking any organics that it comes in contact with, but the combined chlorine will also attack organics as well. In fact, there are studies that show that it penetrates the biofilm better than the free chlorine does. So free chlorine does a great job on the surface. The combined chlorine will actually migrate into the biofilm and give you a more effective kill at that level. So they both have application. So now you're wondering, okay, well, which one do I use? I don't have a municipality that's looking after me, so I can't answer it that way. Well, now you're going to go to your company and you're going to ask what their standard is. And I would ask you to explain whoever's telling you what that standard is to why now that you know this information. So James, thanks so much for calling in with your question. I love that people are using the voicemail system. Well, my last question is a fun question. And this person writes in, Trace, how do I get one of those ultra cool scaling up t-shirts? Well, folks, I want to put this on my show notes page so you can see it. But it is a blue shirt. People say, why didn't you do orange? That's your color. Well, it's a blue shirt that says scaling up H2O on the front. And then on the back, it says stand back 10 feet water treatment in progress. Folks, 
People love these at the AWT convention. Anybody who was on the show that I saw, I went ahead and gave them a t-shirt. And then I gave every new CWT a t-shirt as well. And then people were coming up and they were asking for them. And I just simply ran out. I brought, I want to say, 60 to the AWT convention and I have none left. So if you folks want one of these shirts, I want you to go on scalinguph2o.com, leave me a voicemail message. It's very easy to do. If you go on the site, you will see an orange button on the right side of the screen. Click that, it works with your mobile device as well. Click that, make a recording, that will come to me. And if I use your question on the air, I will send you a t-shirt. How cool is that? So help me outfit the Scaling Up Nation. Folks, I've really enjoyed talking with you today. We've got one episode left this year. I'm going to be talking about things that have inspired me, and hopefully those are things that can inspire you because our job is to make the industry better because we all are in the industry. Have a great week, folks. 